Hello and welcome to the Zone of Hot Truth podcast by three aspiring DMs where, what's that? An addition change on our hands. I'm your host, Eric. I'm John, and I'm glad to finally have an OD&D that I actually want to play. I am Grant, and I can't wait until this just descends into pointless bickering. Let's let's do this. Uh, I think I, we would be surprised this time. So I think it's, I mean, unless you're living under an RPG rock, the new edition change for D&D is getting discussed. Um, specifically, it is being currently called One D&D, as in one D&D to rule them all and in the darkness find them. And there's a, the first wave of playtests have come out. Uh, and it's mostly focusing on character creation. Uh, generally, that's been the primary focus so far. So let's just jump right into it. Uh, the first thing we want, I want to bring to your guys' attention is races. Uh, the core races are going to be human, elf, dragonborn, dwarf, elf, gnome, halfling, orc, tiefling, and Ardling. Is there a controversy here? Grant, sorry you're bitching. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, for a long time, I've had a personal gripe with, like, kind of some of the more monster-themed races. And I'm not talking about, like, orcs included in, a, in that. I'm talking about, in like, fantastical monster races, like the Ardling, the bunny people, the turtle people, the elephant people. It's almost like they're just throwing darts at, like, a poster of animals and just whatever it lands on. That's the new race in the next UA. So I don't I don't really like that one. I think the rest of the races are pretty much fine. Um, I like how they're trying to give them all their unique lineages, but just the including a race that has like the head and as many features as an animal as you want, because it leaves it kind of open ended and like the core races, I don't really like because I feel like a lot of DMs are potentially gonna be house ruling throwing that race out, but it's in the player hand, like, it's in the core rulebook, which makes it harder to do that, which is why I don't like it. Why would, why would you throw this out? Again, I, like, this, I, I'm, I'm glad we're starting with this, because this one's fucking spicy. It's, it, it's fine. Like, there's nothing, you don't why like would it because it, it looks out? weird. Because it, it looks weird. Like, that's, 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 that's such you're, a petty you're reason. You're totally to... right. It makes total sense for us all to walk into a fantasy town, and we've got a big blue fantasy celestial bird walking around with us that does uh, it, definitely it, does not it makes as much sense as there being a half demon person or I, hell even an elf the only reason why elves and dwarves are mundane for us is because they're in every fucking fantasy book i like this isn't like the reason why is such a petty distinction like a d dragonborn it like if the the old they, they swapped like instead of beast forms with a reptile form and but the reptile forms okay with you is what you're saying to me but but a rabbit no that's fucking ridiculous that's such a weird petty distinction <laughs> well not necessarily because like a lot of dms make their own settings or their own worlds and like I don't have Ardlings in my settings, and oh, yeah, I'm not going to you don't know what they were until now. This is the first time they've been introduced. Well, let's... I, I think actually Grant brought up a really interesting point there. I want to delve into a little bit more, and that's uh, a lot of DMs make their own settings. Uh, one of the things each of this race... Each race has, which I thought was pretty curious, um, is each one has a creation myth tied to it, which I... I and most of them are all... I think all of them actually are divine based which i thought was interesting given 
we're trying kind of trying to shift away from being all x is y. For example, the orcs say, I'll quote, young orcs wonder when Grumsh will call on them to match heroic deeds and prove themselves worry, worthy of the one-eyed god's grace. That's kind of like you, they're trying to do all orcs follow Grumsh and come from Grumsh. I mean, that's kind of what that's sounding like, but I don't know. It's them bidding like negative traits. Like the 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 thing that they're getting rid of is all like inherent evil, inherent evilness. That's and kind of what that is. It's just, but not necessarily. Like it, it, it instead of like uh, orcs or creatures of chaos and destruction or whatever it says in the the PHB. It, like it, it emphasizes heroicism and will they be called uh, like th there's a lot of questions as opposed to black and white goblins are uh, what's I'll, the I'll quote dwarves the divine creator gave them affinity for stone or metal every dwarf gets stone cunning Aff affinity again that's you're not disproving what I'm saying I'm not taking away negative I don't know I know uh, just it's interesting I, they're not taking away negative traits. They're taking I think away I have negative to agree traits. With John here, in that what they've given them now, and like the kind of the background, not to be confused with actual backgrounds, which we'll talk about later. It, it, it's more like generalized to like, yeah, it, it might be stereotypical with dwarves. Like, yeah, you have stone cunning, and like you kind of have attunement with with metalwork and stonework. But that's a pretty vanilla and, like, kind of generic thing. Like, that's not so much that, like, it kind of shoehorns you into, like, having to do a bunch of mental gymnastics to explain why your dwarf is who it is, or why your drow isn't an evil slaver, or why your orc isn't right off the bat, like, evil. Like, they're a little bit toned back. Like, it hasn't completely stripped away, like the baggage that they're like kind of tying on but instead of it being a whole suitcase it's like a drawstring bag so like i they've moved in the right direction but they haven't gotten rid of it completely but i think it's fine how it is because people got upset when they tried to remove it completely you're taking away by how do i know how to run drow without telling me that they're evil yeah that i think that's i think that's a poor argument what you're saying there i, I don't think that's actually engaging with the question in front of you it is, is, it is. it's interesting I, it, and, it's 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 not i'm not engaging with the question i'm explaining why i think they made the choice so the other so one thing i found and not i mean i have no stake in this game but what i thought was interesting and i kind of agree with it is what they change is they aligned their design philosophy with uh half races so one of the things Watsi's been really trying to push is they're trying to get away from the move of bioessentialism in that all dwarves get this. Now, if you treat dwarves as a separate species from humans, sure, all dwarves get that. That makes sense to me because they're not, it's not dwarves are human-like. They're their own unique thing. There's, all elephants have have certain characteristics. But by the fact that Wasi's saying all races can essentially interbreed, it makes sense then that they're stripping away the idea that there's no dragonborn who can start with an 18 and int. Or there's you can have a dwarf that's not getting any bonuses to con. I, I think that, that I think I actually kind of applaud them for aligning their their design philosophies. 
Yeah, I think tying, like, a lot of what were once racial, racial attributes to, like, elves, dwarves, whatever, to, like, the backgrounds and removing it from, like, who what you decide to play, I think that's the right decision. Because it lets... It's going to increase the chance players are going to play what they want to play, um, gonna, and not what they away. feel like they have to play. I'm going to move you away from that topic, only because we've discussed that in a previous episode. I just wanted to focus on the fact that I think this is the answer to there's no... Why is... How can you have a fairy with 18 strength? Well, there's really no difference between a fairy and an elf, or a fairy and an orc, from a biological perspective. And I think that's interesting. So the other thing is I'll touch on is they're really doubling down and you can see signals for creature types. Depending on what player race you pick, you could be undead. You could be a construct. You could be fey, humanoid. Is that something you think is is actually going to be uh, present a problem moving forward, especially for spells like hold person that only affects humanoids or cure wounds that doesn't affect constructs? I think we can probably, so it does seem like they are doing more with that. I don't, is there anything in this, I think all of the creatures, or excuse me, all the racers in all this humanoid. are all humanoid. All I humanoid. do expect that they will be doing more things with creature types. Um, like, I think that's going to be a much more activated design space in this, where it mostly wasn't in 5th edition until very late in design. Um, Grant, Grant, do you think that's a design space that should be explored? Yeah, I think it's actually super interesting that they're potentially going to set it up so that way the the your the character you build will have like kind of a secondary unique creature tag that might make you more or less susceptible to different spells. Because it's like it's it can it's going to create some cool or interesting moments when suddenly like the undead gets healed by this blast of, like, energy that, like, almost kills or downs most of the other party, and then suddenly the undead's left standing, reinvigorated, and can, like, get the other party members up. That's a cool moment. Or when, like, one spell gets cast that, like, targets Faye, and the party just kind of laughs about it, and then the elf is just suddenly like, oh, shit. Like, it's gonna, it's gonna create some funny and memorable moments, and I think that's gonna be interesting, and it's gonna let DMs have a lot more fun um, and go crazy when they design encounters. Like, it's going to encourage creativity, I think. And even on the player side, like, they can place spells in certain areas knowing that they won't affect their allies, potentially. Or that they might be able to damage an enemy and heal the undead player. Like, I think it's interesting. I like it. We'll touch then on Dark Vision. How are you guys feeling about the Dark Vision alignment here? Everyone gets dark vision except humans, ardlings, and halflings. I mean, that's that's pretty similar to what it is in the like five E PHB. Dragonborn. Uh, Dragonborn. Uh, Dragonborn is new, but Dragonborn in PHB are kind of behind the power curve, so to speak. So throwing them what I think is mostly a minor bone is is fine. I think they should have taken Dark Vision away from more races. I think too many races already had it, had it, and now, like, if the ratios kind of continue, like, like almost every race except for, like, one or two are going to have Dark Vision now. And I think that's really uninteresting. I think Light in general is uninteresting, but... That's... I don't think... I bet if you surveyed tables, I would say an overwhelming majority do not use 
I've, ne- I've never I've never asked my party. <laughs> That's because everyone has dark vision except for the one human, so it's easier to just hand wave it and get rid of it than actually like use it. And it makes is it, it so fun much... to engage if you're the one no. player with dark vision like every time yeah well that's why i think like they should have taken it away from more races like make it like a 50 50 thing so like that way it actually comes up every once in a while i don't but the thing is i don't think uh, like i don't find at a table me going at like at like okay assume table full of humans i don't find me going all right so you're carrying a torch and they go yes i light a torch I don't find that particularly interesting. So I think that can be interesting. But the problem be. is, the problem is on at five E table, especially in person, there's no meaningful way to track who has a light. It is very binary. Do you is there a light or is there no light? And as a uh, on a tabletop simulator type thing, you can easily show. Okay, what do you see? What do you see? In in real life, I mean, I don't I don't know anyone besides my osr games that tracks light or tracks torches uh, that's never been a never been a part of any 5e game i've seen i do in my that's games wonderful I, I, I keep for, yeah, that's, light. i've never seen that yeah you're a weird, you track torches well i, I don't uh, uh, track like out. the number they have but like when, there like you half, go in, in my live game half my party doesn't actually have dark vision they're actually like a half human party I actually, I actually make them pay attention to like light. If they go into a dark cave, I ask them, okay, or is anyone casting like spells for light? Is anyone carrying torches? Are you guys doing anything about that? And they've come up with some like creative ideas and it's created some like interesting problems for them. I, wow, what a meaningful choice to cast light on a rock. Well, no, but then like it gives you a way to like enemies. You can't hide in stealth when you're bringing in like an artificial sun, like it create like it creates issues. And you can't see the enemies when they're, when you're in the dark, so it doesn't matter. It, I It's uninteresting. I don't like it. I think the way 5e does it is uninteresting. Because it's, it's just not part of the design philosophy of the game. Correct. I agree. Let's go into backgrounds. So no more you have racial attributes. Uh, even the floating of Tasha's that was billed as an optional rule is now getting taken away. It is going to be um, the default is going to be to make your own background and put the ASIs where you want it, give yourself your own proficiencies, and we'll get into the feed aspect in a minute. Someone at Wizards finally played Pathfinder 2E. Not, not at all, but that's fine. It, this it's is, similar, this is though. It, it's not. This is, it's because you're still rolling for stats. It, the, this is, this is essentially in all, in all but name what they were doing before. They've just aligned it to backgrounds instead of it coming from the race. I think it's fine. I, this makes more sense to me. I, I am a, I am a farmer, therefore I have a bunch of strength because I've been working in the field all of my life. Makes more strength, it makes more sense than it coming from uh, my parents were human. I, I like that. Uh, I like that concept. I, I, the the building your own is fine. I had players that felt limited by the number of backgrounds and had wished that there were more, uh, but also building a background was always an option just before it... They essentially reversed the, the order. So in 5th edition, it is pick a background, and if you don't like one of those backgrounds alter one of those backgrounds. Yeah, it is. 
Uh, no, the default in the player handbook is make your own background. Oh, it is? I didn't even yes. know that. I, th- I thought it was... Nobody pick- knows that, but it, the wow. default is make your own. Uh, do I have a PHP to double-check you on in Arms Reach? I don't, but I uh, believe so, you. So John will be double-checking me. While he's doing that, Grant, is there a meaningful difference between having the Tasha's rules versus this rule? I, I think it's they're very regardless. similar. The Tasha's one was them trying to basically bolt what they've created here on to 5e, whereas because they're just they can call it 1 D or whatever they want like it's 5.5 or 6e like they've basically been given the the clean slate to just make what they probably wanted tasha's to be which is this and i mean i know it might be uninteresting just me agreeing with john or us kind of having similar opinions but like i i think it's a i think this is good because they're still going to provide a list of backgrounds like players can still choose a pre-made one, they can make one completely from scratch, but what I think this is going to really help is all the times players are looking through the backgrounds trying to fit, pick something that makes sense, but like one or two things seem off, now they can just potentially like pick the charlatan, but just maybe give themselves some different skills for the idea of the character they have, but keep everything else. I also like how they're getting rid of those semi-ambiguous, like, features of the old backgrounds by just straight up letting you pick your skill and tool and language and now a feat. Like, it's gonna make it just more straightforward for what you are actually building. Because again, like, the old system, like, Acolyte was a good example. It's just like, oh, anytime you go to a holy site of your place of worship, like, you get discounted healing and, like, the people there will aid you. And it's kind of ambiguous what that means, and it just pitches it all to the dm now if you want to be an acolyte you just take the proficiencies and tools that make sense for your idea and it's just like that's what you get just to the point they are described as sample backgrounds but doesn't really talk about making your own until it lists it like it lists the thing that they do i like doesn't do a very good job explaining how to create a background but yes creating a background is the default at Weirdly. least now they have rules for it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is much better. It, it's, it is kind of defined. Each background gains a character proficiency and two skills. It, so I, I, that's, I think it's better defined in, in this document. So. I agree. I agree. Let's go to feats. Uh, the new thing with feats is going to be um, level buckets and the design kind of of there being prerequisite as well as repeatable uh, feats. I, I think since feats are so tied uh, to the ca- character creation, let's let's delve into it just kind of on a surface level. Do you get you guys like the level bucket version of feats? Hundred percent. It's it's well, this is. The... Oh well, yeah. I was just shaking my head because I, I was going to wait my turn, but yeah. I mean, I I think it's a good idea to tie certain feats behind levels. It lets them potentially do more interesting or complex things with them because they can design something about you won't have access to this until a much later level. Yeah, it's it's it stops the problems of, like, uh, how impactful, like, Sentinel and Polearm Master are at level one. Uh, you're, like, totally, you're totally right. That's They never have luck you start at level one. Ha 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 ha. Like, okay, yeah, like, I, I, I think Lucky... We had this. We had this conversation off camera. I thought Lucky was improved, where it was just giving you advantage. It giving you advantage after the dice roll. It's one weird wording, and two, I don't think will survive. I doubt. Seeing it as I doubt. It. Well, it shouldn't survive it as that. 
Yeah, because uh, they changed inspiration to be before the dice roll, right? Yeah, uh, inspiration generally is after. That was my uh, understanding. It, I'm double checking. I were that doesn't matter. I. Well, while, while people are double-checking, another example for why I think some of the level stuff is good, like, I'm gonna use, like, the Magic Innate one, like, it lets them, like, the level requirements and, like, that you can take things multiple times, you can put different spins on it, like, Magic Innate, um, each subsequent level, you have to start picking stuff from different schools, so, like, you can't just stack onto one, like, you've taken your dip into this one class of Magic, now you have to go somewhere else, like, it forces and offers a little bit more variety, and, I mean, really, by and large, it's just interesting. It's There's a lot of room to explore things there. Inspiration potential. inspiration is before the dice roll, which I expect that to be how Lucky is aligned to. And, and again, I so also, sorry, now that I'm back, I do agree with you, Grant, that, uh, yes, th those are good things. Being able to take a feat multiple times to, like, get little stuff is interesting. I This this is good design. It's, it's a thing that uh, I think... Um, Pathfinder 2E did well. I am nervous about prerequisites. I like repeatable. I'm nervous about prerequisites because uh, unless they change how you get uh, feats, which they might, hard to know, um, feat trees in 5th edition aren't really possible because of how often you don't get feats and you want to take ASIs. Like, in a realistic game, you're maybe only getting three ASIs, and one of those you want to bump up your primary stat to go to an 18 or 20, and then are you really going to be able to take two feats back-to-back? -back? Well, then you're not getting more con. Okay, I it's easy to see how stuff gets hard to make that choice. I think this is an interesting point where... 5e is going to have to, is, this is a very clear um, design fork in the road. Are they going to try to make 5e, or 5.5, 1D&D, more like 3.5 and more like Pathfinder, where there's feet trees and there's a lot, there's more crunch. I don't think anyone can say feats do not add crunch, especially when there's feet trees, which means you kind of have to play in your feats on some level before. Or are they still going to try to stick with, I think, their more current design, their initial D&D Next design trend, which was slimming things down and trying to go towards more of a streamlined approach? This is a fork in the road. This is, it, I think it clearly is. Yeah, I, yeah. it definitely is. I, and I'm not sure which way they're going to fall. I think D&D um, &D 5e was so successful partially because of how accessible it was. It's very simple. There's, I think, fairly easy on-ramps to play. Uh, this gets harder to explain to new players. Well, okay, you can take this feat, but you also have to have this other feat, and you also have to... It's You can only take these feats, so it, it just gets a little muddy. So, let's wrap this episode up with our patented final thoughts. So we'll start with Grant. Oh, mix-up. So, as a whole, I like, or at least with what we've talked about so far, I generally like the new uh, uh, character creation, like the feet and background stuff. 
as a whole, the tweaks to the starting races, I think, are fine. I personally don't like Ardling, but that's a me thing. I know a lot of people think it's fine. But for the la for the stuff we haven't talked about there, that's where I have a lot of my gripes. And I think I'm going to save a lot of that for uh, the part two of this episode. Uh, I think the key word of my impressions from this is going to be smoothing, is where... It, we're taking a lot of the rough edges, the spikiness of 5e, and making it much more flat. You look at look at the elves. Let's compare elves to Ardlings to and Tieflings. Everybody gets a cantrip and a, a passive at level 1, a level 1 spell at level 3, and a level 2 spell at level 5. Smooth. And this, like kind of consistency and balance carries across to a lot of the the bits of the design here. And all of the feats are a passive ability and then an active ability. And I think that's good design uh, and is interesting. So I want to stress, I, I when I say I don't have a, a dog in this fight, it's because it's I'm not going to be playing one D and I don't see that as a system uh, that I'm particularly interested in. But what I do think is interesting is the design goals, uh, the fact that there's tension here. There's the is this going to try to stay a more a with the goal of being streamlined? Is this going to try to uh, capture the crunch of a three five Pathfinder audience? And I think the community really needs to sit down. And if you're listening to this, I think it's important for you to go out and make your voice heard on these issues, because ultimately, Watsi's going to make a decision, and one D and D is going to be one D and D. Five Five E lasted eight years. I assume one E will last eight years. That's we're talking twenty thirty two. So this is the time where you should be making your voice heard in the feedback system. So I want to thank you for listening. Uh, Hopefully by now there's not, uh, by the time of this release, there's not another uh, playtest uh, thing out. Otherwise, this will just turn into a playtest podcast. But um, really would like uh, uh, for you to engage with us on Twitter, uh, on Anchor. Um, we've been really appreciating all the feedback. And uh, we really like doing this podcast and chatting a little bit about the TTRPG scene. So, well, at the end of the day, uh, thank you for listening. And... Try actually using this UA in your 5e games. It's an important thing that we should figure out now. Is this actually backwards compatible or not? Good feedback for Watson.